Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Mind Moon Magic Podcast. I am your host, Megan Klemp. I am your motivational bestie here to help you achieve your goals and live your best authentic self. If you are ready to dive into personal growth, change your mindset, and manifest all of your desires, then the Mind Moon Magic Podcast is the right place for you. Let's get into the episode. Hello, you guys, and welcome back to the podcast. I am so happy to be back. It's been about a week since I've last recorded, and I'm really excited to talk about today's topic, Uh, but we'll get into that shortly. So what have I been up to? Well, since recording the last episode, the last episode was all about overwhelm. I felt like I was having a lot on my plate. I still do have a lot on my plate, but I can say I feel a lot better and a lot more organized in my life. I feel like I'm slowing down a little bit. I am taking time to actually schedule in slow down time and being present in that. And that's making me feel really good. So kind of just taking it one step at a time, one day at a time, one task at hand. The other exciting thing is we found an apartment. I don't know if you guys know this, but we gave our notice for our current apartment and we will be moving. I am so excited about this move because this is our first move together. When I rented the current apartment I'm in, I moved in and then within a week, uh, Levi ended up moving in with me. But this will be us moving from point A to point B together, and I'm really excited about that. As well as this apartment has, uh, it's a two-bedroom, so I will officially have my podcasting studio, an office, a space for me to just get really cozy and comfortable for myself. In this process, about a few weeks ago, we found a different apartment. We put a deposit down, we filled out the application form. I was so stressed out about this entire process. It was about the only thing I could think about. I was emailing them all the time, asking them questions about how the application was going. But in the end, the place really wasn't that nice. And for the price point, there really wasn't a lot of amenities in the building. So in the end, I kind of just decided, you know what? This really isn't the place for us. I thought that it was going to be the place for us. But really looking at the big picture, I said to myself, I kind of just jumped on the first place that opened up because I was scared of the uncertainty. So we decided to pull the plug on that place and I just let it go. And I said to myself, every other time in the past, a place that is perfect has come up There has been no issues with the application. You've been able to move in early and there's been no stressful situations that you've ever had to deal with. So is that going to happen again? No, no, it's not. It never has. It's not going to. This has always worked out for me. So I'm just going to take a step back and let it work out. And it did. It did. We have a really, really nice apartment. I can't wait to show you guys. So we will be moving at the end of May and I'm just really excited. Another exciting thing that's going on is I am feeling so strong, like physically strong. Uh, 
I've mentioned in the past that my mom and I go to yoga once a week together. And the class that we do, it's a hot flow yoga. And you work your body, you guys. You really work your body. And you really, really push yourself. And I'm really just, I'm feeling it in my body. I feel sore the next day, but like the good kind of sore. I'm able to do some shavasanas a lot better. I'm able to hold myself up a lot more. My upper body strength has never really been super strong. So to actually see the difference in my body, it feels really, really good. So this leads me into what I'm grateful for and what I'm looking forward to. Today's gratitude goes towards my dog, Chewy. He just makes me feel so happy and It's been over a month now that I've been living with him and having a dog has fulfilled all my dreams that I ever thought it would be. Levi did such a great job on raising this dog and I couldn't be more thankful, but he is really teaching me how simple life can be. That I just want to work hard enough and be successful enough that I can provide Chewy the best life possible give him the best adventures possible. And he's also teaching me to love myself as much as he loves me. This dog loves me so much. He is obsessed with me. Levi says that I am his best friend and I truly believe it. So I'm very, very grateful for Chewy today. And what am I looking forward to? Like I mentioned before, I'm really looking forward to our new apartment. I'm looking forward to having an office, being able to decorate it and turn it into the space that I always pictured my little office to be. I'm very, very excited. Okay, let's get into today's topic. Before I do, I want to start off by saying that I am not a money expert or a financial advisor. All of my stories and advice come from my personal journey with money. If you choose to use my story or advice for your own financial journey, I'm not responsible for any gains or losses. Please talk with a financial advisor advisor, if you feel that you need professional help or advice. Just wanted to plug that in here because we will be talking about money and finances today. If you have not seen the Netflix show, How to Get Rich with the host, Ramit, you need to add that on your must-watch list right away because we have been watching a couple episodes here and there, and then I discovered he has a podcast. So, of course, I've been binge-listening to his podcast. Wow. I love this guy. I love following a good financial podcast or YouTube channel because they just share different perspectives and advice when it comes to our relationship with money and how we can mentally view money. And that's what I love. So he never really tells them what they should be doing. He's constantly asking why and trying to get to the emotional root of what they want or how they're spending their money or how they view their debt to income ratio. Because if you can break yourself down into the emotional why, that can help change your mindset around money. And with that will help change your habits down the road. So with Levi and I watching this show, it's really opened up more conversations between us about talking about money. 
and we ask questions, we share perspectives from one another, we are like painting a picture of what our financial future looks like together and where we stand today. Obviously, we are only dating. His money is his money and my money is my money. It's very much separate. Um, We're not married, but in this dating time when you're dating your partner, this is like your trial run for when you are married. Because when you're married, all of your money is everyone's money. And you would hate to get into a relation or a marriage with a person that secretly has $120,000 of debt that you didn't know about. And then all of a sudden that debt becomes your debt. But we're going to get more into relationship stuff a little bit later. So I want to share with you my money story and where my relationship with money has been, how I learned to change that relationship, and kind of where I'm sitting at with money right now. And then after that, I'm going to share things that helped me along the way, my budgeting tips and advice. Again, I want to preface here, I'm not a financial advisor. I just listen to podcasts and I take little snippets and things here and there and implement it into my own life. I'm only sharing my own personal journey, so please do not take this as legal financial advice. Okay, back with the spiel again. So after high school, when I graduated, I was not living at home. I was working a minimum wage job. I don't even think I was working 40 hours a week at the time, so my paychecks were like literally peanuts. And I also had no concept of what money was. All I knew was that if I clocked in, clocked out at the end of two weeks, I would get this pay stuff, this paycheck, that there would be some random deductions of things that everyone says is normal. And then the amount on the check that I would deposit into my account. That was my concept of money when I graduated high school. So I didn't understand what bills were, how rent was, payments. I obviously had no idea how to create a budget. So we're off to a great start, obviously. When I was 17 years old, I got approved for a $500 credit card. And then when I was 21 years old, I got approved for a $2,500 credit card. And both of them were maxed out in less than a month. Because I didn't understand how money worked. I didn't have any concept of a budget. No one ever taught me about credit cards, interest rate, late payment fees, insufficient fund fees, bank fee. Like there's just so many things that in the real world you have to almost learn on your own that we are never taught in school. I wasn't given a whole lot of guidance. I was taught how to like, if you put a little bit of money away, then at the end of the year, you're going to have X amount of dollars so that you can buy. I bought myself an iPod one time. And that was like the most exciting thing in the whole world that I was able to save my allowance money so that I could buy myself an iPod. But that was the extent of my money. So with all that, obviously I'm a very impulse buyer. When I see something, I just used my credit card and I would pay for it. Clothes, I would spend gas money. I would drive my friends around that didn't have their license and use my gas money. I would eat out a lot, um, just purchasing a lot of like silly nonsense things and not understanding the repercussions of it. So 
I have two credit cards. They're both maxed out. I'm impulse buying. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I have no savings. I don't understand the concept of a bill and having a due date. And I'm being charged insufficient fund fees almost every single month. So my cell phone would get cut off pretty regularly because obviously I'm not paying my bill. And then on top of it, I think I was about 21 years old when this happened. I got into a car accident and I thought I had paid my insurance on my vehicle. And at the time, I would actually go to the SGI insurer and use my debit card and manually pay for it. I do not do that anymore. It is all on automatic payments, which we'll get into that later. (laughs) But I thought I had one more day to go in and pay it. Turns out it was actually due that day or the day before. So I had no insurance on my car. So in the end, the accident ended up being my fault because I had no insurance. Therefore, I had to pay SGI a very large sum of money. Thank the Lords, it was interest-free payments. We love a good interest-free, but still a payment that was not necessary, that could have been avoidable, and that taught me one of the hardest lessons in my life. But I truly think my relationship with money wouldn't have changed if this huge, massive thing didn't happen to me. And I would have, I wouldn't have learned my lesson on not impulse buying and just living paycheck to paycheck and not having a budget. So no cell phone, two max out credit cards, no concept of money, no vehicle. Now I'm starting to take debt. I finally sat down and created my first budget. And I would like to thank my mom at this spot for always encouraging me during this like really hard time of my life to, you should be creating a budget. This is the numbers that we can use. Here's an example. I ignored her for a long time because I was still in that like teenage mind space of, I can do whatever I want. You can't tell me how to live my life. But once I wrote down the budget, it all made sense. I was able to see what it is that my monthly costs were and what my income looked like. So when I first created that budget, still to this day, I use pretty much very similar concept to what I used then. I would do paper, like write it on a piece of paper. Then I went to an Excel sheet for a long time where there was like automated formulas for myself. But now I'm back to a notebook and a paper. I just find it's like a lot more personable to actually write down the numbers that are in my account and write down the bills that are due along with the dates. It just keeps me more accountable to stay on top of things. So once I created this budget, I saw the big picture of my debt to income and it was actually pretty bad. It was not great. But looking back now, I know that was like, what, seven, eight years ago. I give myself grace because I was 21, 22 years old. Obviously, I have no concept of what the hell I'm even doing. I feel like I'm still a child at that point and I've come a long way. So I give myself grace. It took me so many years to pay off those credit cards. So $3,000 of credit card debt in the grand scheme of life really is not that much credit card debt. But when you start that debt off at 17 years old, you make minimum payments, you're being charged over credit limit charges. It ended up being more than that. And then 
when I did the math to figure out the amount that I was actually paying, I've paid these credit cards almost 15 times over. 15 times, you guys, with interest rates and extra fees and things like that. Absolutely insane. Do not get a credit card until you have actual, tangible knowledge when it comes to finances, bills, how credit cards are used, how they can be beneficial because they can get you in a lot of trouble. And it took me a long time to figure that out. So now my relationship with money is a lot better, but we're going to get there. I'm, I'm rolling on a tangent right now because looking back at my life and looking how long it took me to pay those credit cards and the amount of times that I've paid it over is frustrating to see that all of that money could have been invested or saved or I could have been traveling, bought a new vehicle, I could have bought a house and it's just very frustrating but I just talked about giving myself grace and I'm going to give myself grace right now. So next thing I want to talk about part of my money journey and my money story is money and romantic relationships. There's one thing to talk about money as just like an individual person, but a lot of us are in romantic relationships and might share expenses or we're looking to commit with this person and we need to know what their money spendings are or like. What am I getting into? Like I said, you'd hate to get married to someone that has $120,000 of debt and you have no debt because guess what? Now that debt's yours. So obviously in my younger years and a lot of my earlier relationships, money was never really an issue. My money was my money and their money was their money. We never really had shared expenses. I think there was like two relationships where we just split like rent and bills 50-50. But other than that, nothing else really mattered. My ex-partner knew um, a few years into the relationship that I would like to commit with this person, that I wanted to invest my time and energy into this person to create a future together. So with that meant we need to get on the same page about our financial situation. Any relationship podcasts that I listened to over my time of podcasting, listening, that's probably the number one thing that they're always suggesting is get on the same page with your financial situation, learn to have money conversations in an open, safe, healthy environment, and just get on the same page. So with my ex-partner, anytime we had money conversations, which were extremely rare, but just to bring them up was often a one-sided situation. I would say, hey, let's talk about this financial situation. Where do we see ourselves? The conversation would often be very short, a lot of aggression, very confrontational, and I often left the conversations feeling defeated, like we would never get ourselves on the same page. I often felt like I was the problem in the relationship, that my debt at the time was just always going to be looming over top of us, that my budget was just never enough to help pay for our life. These conversations, there was a lot of behaviors where acting like money was a secret and that we should never be talking about it with one another. And this is a very taboo conversation that you just don't have with other people. Later on, I learned about a lot of like stealing a massive amount of debt 
And then I also learned that I ended up paying for majority of the household expenses for both of us for many, many years. But all of that is another conversation for another time. So you can see I ended in a type of relationship where having money together was not a top priority and it was just really unhealthy and I knew I didn't want that in a partner. So once that ex-partner and I separated, I have to say for the first time in my life when I was living on my own in my little downtown apartment, I love that apartment so much, it is legit the first time in my life I felt real financial freedom and security in my life. I was not debt-free at this point. I still had some credit card debt. I was still trying to figure out things, but I was in I was able to understand my own budget, my own income versus my own debt and my own monthly expenses. I didn't have another person to have to worry about. I only had to figure out for myself. And when I looked at my budget after that, I thought, holy crap, I'm actually doing a lot better than I thought I was doing over the past couple of years. So that was one of the most empowering moments in my life to know that I'm on my own. I can figure it out myself. We're going to be okay. Now, fast forward to today, I'm in a very serious, committed, healthy relationship. And I am so proud to say that our conversations about money come up so easily and freely. And we're also so very honest. We openly share about what our actual data and bank accounts look like. We openly share about what our budgets look like, how we want to save our money and spend our money, who's responsible for what expenses. You make X amount, I make X amount, let's split it with this type of percentage. It's just the conversation feels like a, hey, how was your day? Tell me something interesting about your day. Like just a a very nonchalant, calm, normal conversation about money. And if you and your partner are not able to have a easy flow freeing conversation, or at least get on the same page about money, then you need to figure out ways to come at it at a different perspective. And listening to relationship podcasts or financial podcasts can be really, really helpful so that you and your partner can become on the same page about how to talk about it as well as how to address the conversation. So my romantic relationship and money now is a hundred times better than it was in the past, which I'm very, very thankful for, as well as my personal relationship with money is still the same as it was when I was single. I still feel very, very financially secure in my situation. I'm able to pay my bills on time. I'm able to still save money and invest money, which feels phenomenal. I still have a lot of goals. Obviously, I'm not where I want to be quite yet. I'm still a struggle bus, guys. I still am struggling paycheck to paycheck. I still have to say no to some things and sometimes I overspend. It takes a long time for you to change your 
mental relationship with money as well as your money habits. You can't just expect your mental relationship to change and then your habits are going to have to take some time to follow with that. You you have to work both of them coincide together. And also, you can't expect yourself from one paycheck to another that you're just going to be like, poof, figure it all out and all of a sudden you can afford the things. It doesn't work that way. You have to give yourself time and each payday, each month, just one step at a time, making your situation easier and better for yourself. So some of the goals that I have for myself financially is to become two to three months ahead of my bills. So that way this month when I'm budgeting, I'm honestly budgeting for three months from now kind of thing. It's almost like a rainy day fund, but this situation is really helpful for say, One of us lost our jobs, one of us got really sick or injured, and there was just no income. Well, then at least we know, okay, for the next three months, we're going to be okay because those expenses are all covered. As well as grow my emergency fund, I recently just deposited $1,000 into my emergency fund. And again, this is also for things like you lose your job or if Chewy gets sick or my vehicle breaks down. This money is so I don't have to use a credit card or a line of credit. It can just come out of a cash emergency fund. So I would love to grow that to be a little bit more as well as the big, big goal of doubling my income. I look at the amount of money I make in a year and the amount of money I wish to spend in a year and they just don't add up. I definitely, for the life that I want to live, the things I want to achieve, the luxurious type lifestyle that I know that I'm capable of living, I need to start by doubling my income and then we'll go from there. So that's my little money story. If you related to something in this money story, please let me know. I know money is such a taboo conversation and When I talk to people in person, I love to talk about money. I love to break that barrier and make it not taboo. Why can't we share numbers with each other? Why can't we share budgeting tips and ideas with one another? Those YouTubers that share their actual incomes and expenses, I love to see that because it helped paint a picture of, okay, you make X amount of money per month and your expenses are this percent and all these different things. It's just a nice way to see, okay, so that's how I should be spending my money. I understand. Obviously, you tweak things to your own in what works for you, but let's make money not so taboo. I'm going to dive now into budgeting and tips, things that helped me along the way Um, These are things that just kind of popped out as I was writing out my story that I knew would be notable and to kind of chat about. First thing is don't look away. I know the feeling when you just know your financial situation is kind of in the shits and you're actually terrified to log into your bank app and see what that number looks like. You would rather swipe your card and pray to the Lords that it says approved then open your bank account. Not anymore. We're not doing that anymore because that is the type of relationship where money controls you and you don't control your money. So it's time to get real with it 
because money is real. It's not going away. We all need it. I want you to sit down, open up all of your bank accounts, all of your debts, anything that has your financial situation, open it up and see the big picture of what you're dealing with. Second thing of advice is create a budget. So now that you've seen the big picture of what it is that you make and what your expenses and your debts are, now you're going to now you're going to create a budget. I like to do a bi-weekly budget because I get paid bi-weekly. If you choose to do monthly, if you get paid, but there's a thousand different ways to budget your money. I'm just going to share the one that I'm currently doing and what has been working for me. So first thing you're going to do is take all of your monthly income and expenses and just list it all out. Rent, uh, power, groceries, gas, the amount that you spend per month, you're going to write that all down, including the things like your Apple iCloud subscription, your Netflix subscription, the bank fee that you have to pay once a month, because guess what? That's still money. It's still coming out of an account somewhere. It still needs to be allotted and budgeted. So the next step that you're going to do is once you've written down your monthly expenses, you're going to write the date on the side that it is charged or the payment is due. So rent is due on the first of the month. So you'll write the first. Your Netflix is charged to your credit card on the 18th of every month. So you'll write the 18th and so on and so forth. So now you can have a monthly calendar view of when each bill is due and the amount. So now you have a big picture. So there are two ways to go about this bi-weekly method. The first one I'll share with you, I don't really love very, very much, but it's still an option and I'll share why I don't love it. So the first one is you would take everything that is due in those first two weeks of that pay period, all of those expenses are gonna go on that paycheck. And then the last two weeks of the month, all of those expenses are gonna go on the last paycheck. Here's why I don't like this. Because let's say your rent, your iCloud, Netflix, and your bank fee are all due within the first five days of the month, all of that charge is going to come out of that paycheck. And then the secondary paycheck is going to have very minimum expenses. So it doesn't really create a balanced budget from biweekly paycheck to paycheck. So this leads me into the second way to budget your biweekly expenses. And this is how I do it. So I take the grand total of my monthly expenses and I divide it by two. And then I take the 50% of those expenses and charge it on my first paycheck and 50 expen- 50% of those expenses on my secondary paycheck. So on the first paycheck, obviously some bills are not really due in that time. So I put it in, into a secondary account. You know, on your account, you'll have like a checkings, a savings, or even multiple savings accounts. You can just transfer the money from your checkings account to a savings account or a secondary account so that it stays there and you don't accidentally spend it with your debit card. And then the second biweekly paycheck at the end of the month, I take the other 50%, put it in that secondary account, and then I can pay my bills. So obviously this way, you're almost budgeting for the following month is kind of how that one works, but this is how I've been doing it and it's been working great. 
And then the bonus with doing a 50-50 is when you have three paychecks in one month. So that extra paycheck, I don't treat any differently than I would any other paycheck. All I do is take that 50% of expenses that are budgeted, put it in that secondary account, and I just leave it. So now I'm half a month ahead. And then we get two of those in a year. So by the end of the year, you're going to be one month ahead on your expenses. I love this method. It's been working for me for a very, very long time. And again, like I said earlier, I've done Excel sheets and I've done physically writing them out. Writing them out just seems to work better for me. It helps me create a better one-to-one relationship with me and my finances. So that is how I budget money. If you do not have a budget for your money and you are just winging your money every single payday, highly suggest writing out a budget. The third tip I have is creating a savings fund. If you are just starting your financial journey or you know that you're in a little bit of a financial rut and you can't seem to be getting out of debt, I would suggest starting off really small with like $10 to $20 a paycheck into a savings account. When I started, I opened up an entire brand new account with a completely different bank branch and had a savings account. And I had my employer automatically deposit $20 a paycheck into that account when I got paid. So a lot of employers are actually able to do this. If you just go talk to your payroll, you can say, hey, I want 5% of my pay to be deposited into account A and the rest to be accounted into into bank account B. It's just a great way for you to save money without even thinking about it. Now, today... I have an account called a sinking fund. So an allotted amount of money, every single paycheck is deposited into there. And then from that large sum, a portion of it is put away for a new camera, for birthdays and gifts, travel and house savings, every single paycheck. A savings account is very, very important for a rainy day because you just never know when things are going to come up. I managed to save quite a bit of money over several of years when I first started this 10 to $20. And when my ex-partner and I split, I had to start all over. I had nothing and I had to buy a ton of things all over by myself. And this savings account really helped me get back on my feet. So I didn't have to dig my hole of debt even deeper. Every single person, whether you are a man or a woman, if you are in a relationship, if you are married or dating or engaged, should have their very own personal rainy day savings fund. Number four leads me into automatic payments. Setting up as much as you can on auto payments to come out on your paydays is going to make life a thousand times easier. Bills, payments, and savings, you can just do on auto transfer so you never miss a due date and you will no longer be charged for late peas. Peas, oh my goodness, late fees. Um, Just make sure that you are budgeting correctly, that you are following your budget and you're not overspending on your checkings account because you would hate to have a insufficient fund fee pop up because you overspent at the mall with your girlfriends. Follow your budget. Lastly, the tip I have is to lead back to number one and it is don't look away. Keep continuing to look at your money. 
Looking at it one time, making a budget one time, listing it out one time is not going to solve your problems. And it definitely is not going to get you and money on the same page. Looking at it weekly, checking your spending habits, and adjusting your budget as needed is going to build that relationship and confidence that you have with money. Keep up to date with your interest rates and check on your credit score every once in a while. The more you look at your money, the more empowered you're going to feel about taking control of it and rather than it having control of you. Whoo, you guys, we finally had the money conversation. I have been so excited to have this conversation with you guys and I finally did it. I was so afraid to have it. Again, like I talked about having this taboo conversation, it can be so scary to talk about money And I was really nervous to share my story because obviously I did not make the best financial decisions in my life, clearly, but I'm learning. At 29 years old, I am really feeling like I have a true understanding grasp of money, of money goals that I have, how to invest money properly, and I'm just really, really, really proud of myself. So I hope this topic took something away from you guys, but we are not done yet. We know we have one more little segment of this podcast, the We're Not Really Strangers segment. So let's segue from the money and let's play a game. So three levels, three cards, three questions. Let's see what we got today. Okay, level one is perception. If MySpace were still a thing, what would my profile song be? Taylor Swift. It would be all of Taylor Swift, Taylor's versions, songs, just on a loop over and over and over again. I love Taylor Swift. Trying to think of like what my favorite song would be. I really like Dress. I love Marjorie. That's kind of all the things that my brain can think about right now. But yes, 1000% Taylor Swift. Level two is connection. If you could have your way, if you could have it your way, who would you be with? Where would you be? And what would you be doing? Ooh, okay, I love this question. Okay, I'm gonna close my eyes. I'm gonna picture. Well, I would definitely be with Levi. We would be in Greece. We would be, oh, what is that place called with the buildings that are all white, just all white buildings and there's cats everywhere and you're up on a mountain in the city and you look over the blue ocean. We are sitting in the pool eating a charcuterie board of just the most delicious fruits and vegetables and cheeses and meats in our own private little pool at our Greece hotel. That is where I would be. Right now, if I could be anywhere and if I could have it my way, that is what I would be doing. Okay, level three is reflection. What about me is hardest? for you to understand. Again, sometimes these cards are very hard to play. It is very much meant to be a two-person game, obviously, because I can't answer on your behalf. But let's rephrase this question. What about me is hardest for myself to understand? And 
I think for myself, it's hard for me to believe in myself and to know that if I just kind of put my blinders on and don't look at my phone and shut the world out a little bit and just focus on the task at hand that I can literally achieve anything. Um, as well as my confidence when walking into a room of confident people. Sometimes when I walk into a room of confident people, I'm like, ooh, I'm not as confident as they are, so I'm going to be really anxious and nervous. It's like, no. We're all anxious and nervous in our own ways, and we can all feel confident in our own ways. So thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I am so glad we finally got to dive in deep into finances. And I love you all. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.